Uh, so I think that you need to understand uh, these doctrines. I think it'll help you when you're watching the news and you see the madness going on in the world to understand that we're getting real close to Jesus Christ coming back, in my opinion. And uh, I'm excited about it, too. Spring's coming early this year. Maybe it means Jesus is coming early. Global warming, bring it on. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, wouldn't it be great if the Lord's coming back and He's going to give us 60-degree weather in February just to get us all in a good mood before the Lord comes? Wouldn't that be good? All right, Romans chapter 11. Let's start there tonight. And uh, I think it's... Uh, important thing for you to understand that this world, this is why this doctrine is so important. I mean, folks, I'm telling you, when, when it comes to uh, preaching on the Bible like I was doing this morning, the pushback that I got uh, is crazy, man. I mean, I try not to even talk much about it or th even think much about it other than preparing because you and I believe the amount of ways that the devil has to try to like start start punching his way into my mind um, and it, so it's like nothing like superstitious it's just clear it's like it's like pushback when you're going to preach to God's people about the importance of God's word and uh, the distractions that come and then teaching on a subject like this I feel like it's just more of the same seems like it seems like we're getting at a point now where there's just a lot of pressure on saved people and then specifically pressure on preachers. It's really bad. And uh, it's nothing that we can't handle, right? Because we got Jesus. And uh, the more we focus on Him, the better off we'll be. Uh, throughout history, genuine persecution in the name of Jesus Christ does nothing but invigorate the church, multiplies the church. Uh, the world hates it because then they start scattering like cockroaches and, and multiplying like rabbits, you know? <laughs> I mean, so uh, that's a blessing. Uh, I'm not real worked up about it, but there's been a lot of pushback. And I imagine it's probably not going to get too much better uh, taking you through Psalm 119 and focusing in on it. So this is another subject I don't think that the devil likes. And what you're seeing across the country in the world is a whole lot of false teaching on the subject of Israel. Remember, we're going through on the fourth Sunday of the month, the mysteries. And uh, go, if you're in Romans chapter 11, I want you to see this. The Bible uh, talks about, we're down in verse... Uh, Let's start in verse number uh, 11 there. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, start in verse number 11. Uh, or verse 10. Uh, Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back alway. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall then be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentile, how much more their fullness. You guys see that? So Israel has been put away. She rejected the Messiah. And God then, which we'll look at when we close out this afternoon, God then has brought in the Gentile to provoke a foolish nation. We took, looked at it last week in Romans chapter 10. Will I anger you, right? Romans 10 was setting us up for this, which we'll teach this. Uh, Wednesday night, so I'm not going to go too deep on it right now, but God's going to obviously bring them back, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I'm apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office, right? So he's the apostle to the Gentiles, and he's speaking to the Gentiles. But if any means, I may provoke to emulation them that are my flesh. That's the Jews. He was a Jew. 
I might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, shall the receiving, what shall the receiving of them be but like life from the dead, right? So what's happened is, for right now, blindness in part has happened to Israel. And he wants you to understand that. For right now, Israel is a little blind, verse 25, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this what? It's one of the seven mysteries. What is the mystery? That blindness in part has happened, uh, ignorance of this, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, excuse me. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now notice he said blindness in part has happened to Israel. So what that tells you is that just because they're a Jew doesn't mean they can't get saved. An individual Jew can get saved, and I'll show you that when we get to the end here. But Israel, as a nation, has been allowed a God to be blind to the truth of the gospel and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the choices they made. So this actually refutes Calvinism, not the opposite. So since they made certain choices, which we should see tonight, blindness in part has happened to them. That's a what, according to verse 25. Oh, it's one of those seven mysteries a minister has to be faithful with and that you should judge the minister based on whether or not he understands this. In other words, like I said this morning, if a guy tries to teach you that the church has replaced Israel and all the Old Testament promises are now applied to the church because God's done with the Jew, shut him off. Why? Because this is one of the seven mysteries that God says it's required in a steward that a man be found faithful so if a man's not faithful with this mystery about the blindness in part of Israel and doesn't understand God's game plan with Israel, you should not listen to him. Because from there, he will lead you into all kinds of more false doctrine. He'll mess up eschatology. He'll have you going through the tribulation period. He'll be uh, 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 post-millennial. All kinds of different stuff will come up where he believes and starts preaching to you that all those Jewish promises are to you. So he's over there in the Old Testament preaching that if you tithe, God will give you back ten times. All that kind of weird stuff that they pull out. You know what's funny to me is we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. you got a real rise and an obsession among religious people with Jews. This Judeo, like, weird messianic Christians, you know, whatever they call themselves. That's weird. I mean, like, why, why are Gentiles going and becoming Jews and getting into all these Jewish feast days and all the rest of that stuff? If you know the New Testament, Christ fulfilled the law for you. All those carnal ordinances are taken out of the way and nailed to His cross. His commandments are that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second's like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And then He reiterates it in Romans that love is the fulfilling of the law. You ever look at charity in Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 13? Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, right? Now as a human, what would you pick as the best one? As a human, don't say charity. You'd say faith or hope, the second coming, you know, blessed hope. Or you'd say faith. The faith is a grain of mustard seed to move a mountain. The Lord said the greatest of these, the greatest of faith, hope, and charity is charity. Nobody picks that one as the best gift. Well, what's going on now is you got all these people trying to take all the promises of the Old Testament and put them on the church and say, well, the Jews' uh, 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 promises are given to us and you got all this false doctrine being preached, these preachers, this best life now garbage, uh, keeping the commandments. They're going on and on about that. 
Are you really going to be able to keep the commandments? Didn't you learn that you broke the commandments? That's why you need Christ. The best thing you can do right now if you want to keep the Lord's commandments is love him. If you really want to keep the Lord's commandments, develop some charity among each other. Love his people. Love others as yourself. Sacrificially. Suffer along with them and be kind to them when they're not kind to you. Don't envy. Don't vaunt yourself. That's fulfilling his commandments according to the New Testament. That takes a spirit-filled Christian to have charity. Charity is not love. Love is L-O-V-E. Charity is C-H-A-R-I-T-Y. That's how you know they're different. <laughs> Charity is something the Spirit of God produces in you. But you got an obsession with Jews and commandments and the Old Testament law and the ordinances and the feast days among saved people. It's bizarre to me. It's a weird spirit. It's a weird setup of the devil. And at the exact same time with this Jewish infatuation, you have, on the other hand, an absolute extreme hatred for Jews all over the planet where even rational people now are beginning to get anti-Israel. And your own president and your own leaders are, are, are behind the scenes working against the Jews. <clears throat> There's a reason that the devil hates them. There's a reason that the world hates them. And there's a reason that this mystery is one that's not being faithfully taught or understood by God's people. Well, the reason is demonic. It's devilish. It's prophetic. So what I want to make sure is that I'm faithful to give you the truth and that you understand when it comes to the Bible where God's at in the time frame and in the, his mindset towards Israel. It's actually a very important doctrine for you to get a hold of. I got this from a website, a Jewish website, estimated number of Jews killed in the final solution. Um, there's two different um, programs, two different uh, uh, organizations that actually ran the numbers. And it's actually, these numbers are extremely low because it's very, very difficult. Um, the most available resources for Holocaust data in, are the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum and Yad Vashem. Vashem. Uh, though this is the best information available, it is based on estimates and cannot take into the unknown number of victims, take into account the unknown number of victims whose bodies were recovered or for whom there were no records whose bodies were never recovered, excuse me, or who there was no, no records. The Nazis kept detailed records of the people who passed through the camps. Nevertheless, we do not know how many Jews may still have been unaccounted for in the many places where they were murdered. In addition, as the Allies began to close in on Germany, the Nazis began to destroy their records. We also don't know the precise number of Jews in any of these areas. The population data ranges from 1937 to 1941. So, for example, the countries where the figures came from 1937 may not accurately reflect the number of Jews at the time the war began. Though the two institutions have different estimates, if you average the total number of Jews each says were murdered, the result is commonly used figure of 6 million Jews. That meant, so what this thing did is it went down and it bro broke out the different... Uh, countries all over the world and the populations, you see the different nations here, and then the amount of Jews that were killed and the percentage of the Jewish population that died. And when you come down to the end of that, at the end of the thing, the total is the one company estimated 59% of the Jews in the world, according to the data they had, were killed through the, just through World War II, just through the Nazis. The other company came up with 60%. 
So in some parts of the world, 87, 88, 90, 77, 93, 84% of the Jews found in those countries were murdered simply because they were a Jew. That was their crime. Not even organized. You know what's happening nowadays? Nowadays they're telling you that these data is all true and it never happened. It's an absolute fact. It's not even ancient history. It's a fact. And some kind of a bizarre spirit is sweeping through this nation and this world trying to tell you that no, 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 they never murdered the Jews. What's the motive for saying we never did what we did? What's the point of that? Why, what is the motive behind trying to bury those facts? Something very devilish. Because that's God's chosen people. That's the point. And it's because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who was a Jew. That's who he was. I hold in my hand right here a Jewish book. And my Savior is a Jewish Messiah. And his bloodline comes down through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's the lineage he chose. So that must be why the devil wants to get rid of the facts. Now you can say what you will, and I agree with this. This is what the anti, you know, these people that are anti-Israel will say. Well, the reason this happened is because God hates him. God's mad at him and judging him for crucifying his son. Well, they did say his blood be on us and on our children. I will say they put the curse on themselves when they crucified the Son of God and that, that judgment has happened because they crucified their Messiah. I will say that God has allowed the nations to do what they've done because if you walk away from Him as your Father, you're on your own. In the New Testament, a spiritual application for you is, Paul said, give them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the Spirit may be saved in the day of Christ Jesus. Somebody in the church wouldn't get right and wouldn't quit their fornication and an obscene type of fornication that goes above and beyond even, even natural foolishness is an unnatural deal. And so because of that, he said, kick them out. Give them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You resist God and, and, and don't follow him and don't walk with him and then blame him because he lets the devil have at you. So yes, they have reaped what they sowed. But no, that does not mean God's done with them. You can't support that from the Bible. Here's more. I mean, this is this was something else I found, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you half to death because I want to run some references with you with reading all this stuff to you. But here was uh, uh, po pogroms. And what that was was uh, pogrom is a Russian word designated uh, de designating an attack accompanied by destruction, looting of property, murder, rape perpetrated by one section of the population against another. So this is uh, a pogrom, which is obviously a Jewish phrase for riots where they were like strategic in that we encouraged this part of the population to attack this segment of people. And this was where Jews were the targets of these and were murdered, raped, and the whole nine yards going all the way back into the 1980s, early 1900s, all the way down through history. You find out 20, here's another article, 20 years before the Holocaust, po pogroms killed 100,000 Jews, then were forgotten. That's the number they can find. Now, hang on a second. Let's define something. Define for me Bible-believing Christians throughout history going back to the cross. You can't. 
You know why? You're the off-scouring of the world. You're a bunch of independent, local little assemblies, and some in, throughout church history, not so little, some massive assemblies. But local assemblies of born-again believers that, that believe Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away our sins, and by grace, through faith in His blood, they're saved. We're baptized by immersion after salvation as a first step of obedience and believe the Bible was the Word of God. There was a lot of other distinctions among them, some that we wouldn't even necessarily agree with. But the core tenets of true Bible-believing Christians can be traced throughout history all the way back to the early church. No historians, mainstream, political, big-shot historians were tracing us. Because we're a bunch of average poor people and some not so poor. There's some wealthy churches throughout church history that are Bible-believing churches. But we're nobodies. We're not an organization. We're an organism. You understand that? We're the body of Christ. So we don't have a worldly center. There's not a, there's not a Vatican that we report to as Bible-believing Christians. You following me? So because of that, define how many people have been in the quote church, unquote, the real one throughout church history. You can't. There, there's no centralized uh, a source of data to get to to say this is how many churches have been that believe like you and I. Look, the Baptist briders go crazy on this stuff. They lost their stinking minds. There was, the name Baptist didn't even show up until like, what, the 1700s or something? It started out Anabaptist, which was a name given to them because that's Anna's re, and they were re-baptizing people after they got saved that had been baptized in the Catholic Church or the Methodist Church or whatever. That, that whole Baptist bride thing's a joke. I'll teach you that some other time. They weren't called Baptists. They were called by all kinds of names. Donatists, Novatians, Albigenses, Waldensians. They had all kinds of names throughout history. But history doesn't do them any credit. Doesn't give you an honest number of how many there are. You're not as alone as you think you are as a Bible-believing Christian. The same thing happened with the Jews. The point I'm making. They're spread all over this world. They're scattered everywhere. And the tremendous influence and impact that Israel had on the world is unbelievable. Some of the stuff that the local Jews were able to do that they got from the Bible, they got from the God of the Old Testament, they got from being advanced. They were literate people through the Dark Ages when people were not literate. The, the, the Jews were literate. They were taught to read the Torah, so they were taught to read from an early age and to debate doctrine and all that kind of stuff. So they were literate, educated people, hard-working people who are successful. You know that there was doctors back in the Dark Ages that were so updated on medicine that other people thought they were Jewish doctors using witchcraft to heal people. They were using medicine. But they thought they were using witchcraft and persecuted them. Because the rest of the Gentile doctors were so stupid they couldn't catch up with them. Because they were literate. Because they were reading an Old Testament. They're scattered all over the world. So there's really no way to track. What we see is millions in World War II and before that hundreds of thousands of Jews all over the planet being killed because they are Jews. That's it. Hated, weak, dispersed, resented because they come in and have a tremendous influence on the finances, tremendous influence in development, brilliant people. And in spite of all that, they're blind to who Jesus Christ is and they can't see it. But that blindness is not going to stay. Look at Romans chapter 9. 
You guys remember this when we covered it. It says, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Okay, where's the seed then? It goes from Abraham to who? Isaac. Did you know that Abraham had a whole lot more kids than just Isaac? Sure. Did you know that Abraham's a father of many? That doesn't replace Israel. Who is Israel and where do they come from? Go back to Genesis chapter 21. Isn't it interesting that God says this is one of the mysteries and then tells preachers, you better teach your people this? <laughs> it's not something you would say, I know what, the first thing I need to teach my people is something about Israel, you know, that God's not done with Israel. Ah, oh, boy, you get, if you get that figured out, you understand a whole lot more about your Bible when you read it. You understand a whole lot more about what's going on in the world, and it gives you hope, man. It gives you hope that He's coming soon. Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. So this is an important doctrine for us in this, in this time frame, in this, in this 2024 time frame. God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman, that's Ishmael, and Hagar. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. God made it clear. He said, you got a son over here, his name's Ishmael, and I'm going to take him and I'm going to make him a wild man. Every man's hands against him and his hands against every man. You guys ever study those, those people over there? I know this is politically incorrect. I'll probably get, you know, what's, what's it called? What do they call it now? Um, canceled. canceled, thank you. Yeah, I'll probably get canceled. They're wild men. I've talked to guys that have been over there, boots on the ground, fighting them. They're just like, so they can't hit a broadside of a barn, you know, and our guys sit there and go, blink, 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 you know, because they're a wild man. Their hands against every man and every man, they fight each other. They're crazy. I fought some of them, uh, or trained against some of them in jujitsu. They come at you like a wild nut. And you stay calm and stay smart and let them burn off some energy and choke them out, you know what I mean? You got to be a little smarter. That's Ishmael. They're wild. You know what they are? You know what they claim they are? They claim they're descendant of Abraham. Well, they are. They're not the chosen seed. God made it clear in the Bible. Genesis 25, look at verse 6. Abraham, uh, verse 5, Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he lived eastward, and uh, he lived eastward and under the east country. Look back up there, look at all these kids he had. Verse 1, then Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bare him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua, and Jokshan, begat Sheba, and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, and Latushim, and Leumim, and the sons of Midian, Ephah, and Ephur, and Hanok, and Abida, and Eldeah, all these were the children of Keturah. Well, Abraham had more than just Sarah's kid, more than just Hagar's kid. Abraham had another wife after Sarah, and she gave him a bunch of kids. And you know what he did with those kids? He said, go away from Isaac. 
You know what I was reading as I was researching this, getting ready for this tonight? I was reading some of these articles, and one of the reasons that the world hates Israel is because they separate themselves. And they're separationists. All throughout history, Jews reluctantly let a Gentile into their religion. You know what God told them? Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. That's why they hate you. Because he told you in 1 Corinthians, using an Old Testament passage that was doctrinally to the Jews, where God wanted them separated from the world and all the abomination going in the world, he told you to do the same thing. So that's why they resent you that you don't go hit happy hour with them on Friday. You know, I'm going home with my wife. You guys go ahead and enjoy your little happy hour. I don't, I don't need that stuff to go home and be happy with my family. I'm going to go spend some time with my wife and my kids. Thank you. That's why they hate you. Because now all of a sudden you tell family, you know, I'm going to be at church all day Sunday. All day? Of course they're going to schedule all the family get-togethers on Sunday. Because Saturday is their sacred, that Saturday's their day. Okay, well, Sunday's my day. Me and Jesus. But they hate you for it. You'll be persecuted for that kind of stuff. You separate yourself under the Word of God and under the Lord Jesus Christ and you watch what happens. God separated His people in the Old Testament and they've stayed separated and that's why the world hates them. So Abraham had a whole lot more children than just Isaac. But where was the seed? Just because they're a child doesn't mean they're the seed. The seed that God... What seed was that? You guys remember Genesis 3? He was talking about a seed all the way back at the beginning. And that is why Lucifer sought to corrupt the seed. That's why Genesis 6 is the sons of God that saw the daughters of men. That is angels that came down and they're corrupting the seed. You understand that? From the beginning, the devil has tried to mess up the seed. And when God said, Abraham, I'm going to work a miracle and give you seed. And the seed's going to come through Isaac and through Jacob, who is Israel. And that nation's going to multiply from there. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Just like in the New Testament, he's a father, your father by faith. That doesn't mean you replaced Israel. Just because he's a father of many nations in the Old Testament doesn't mean he's done with Israel. They all claim rights back to Abraham. And there's a validity to their argument, this much of a validity to their argument, right? Well, we come from Abraham too. Yes, but God said in the Bible, you're not the chosen seed. He said, Israel, mine elect. Israel's the one he picked as a nation. So this is why the devil hates it. It has to do with the seed. He's been after the seed from the beginning, and now you got a more specified seed. You got a nation, and Lucifer wants those people dead. He hates them. So we blind their minds and hearts to, to the truth, to the Bible, to Jesus Christ, to who he is. And he motivates the world against them, trying to wipe them out. It's because of the affiliation they have. It's because of where the Messiah came. And then you got doctrines going around the churches nowadays that are trying to tell you that the church has replaced Israel. That's a demonic spirit. That the promises that were to Israel are now to us. That's a demonic spirit. That's not good doctrine. That's an unfaithful minister messing things up because he's not begging God for truth and praying and with a humble heart approaching the scriptures and comparing spiritual things to spiritual and rightly dividing the word of truth here a little, there a little, studying his Bible and learning that thing over time and making sure that he's doing his due diligence. Go to Exodus, if you would, please, chapter 32.
Exodus 32:13. I hope I'm doing this justice. I had, I had a few more and they were laid out a little more organized than my little panic mode there while you sang a couple extra songs. But you really were singing good. I honestly feel like the Lord was in here, so that was all right. That was a blessing to hear you. Kind of getting me all stirred up while I'm panicking trying to get my notes back together. That's literally never happened. I'm sorry about that. Exodus 32, look at verse 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and what? Israel. That's Jacob, the supplanter. He wrestled with the angel, and that, that day he got a new name. Israel's a prince with God. Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of I will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. You know what God's going to do? All that West Bank stuff over there? <laughs> That's all Israel's. You know, a bunch of those other uh, <laughs> nations over there are sitting in Israel's property. Yeah. It's God's land. He calls it holy. He's going to give it all to them. But before he comes, Lucifer's going to do everything he can to wipe them off the map and get them out of there. It's not going to happen. You understand that? It will not happen. But the whole world's going to turn against them. That's what's so intriguing and stirs in my guts about where we're at in God's time frame when you got even this nation, the United States of America, beginning to make moves behind the scenes that are anti-Israel. And you got more and more people in this country getting on board with the anti-Israel rhetoric. And now, listen, I, I, I had a hard time looking some of this stuff up because I'm, I'm praying for discernment while I'm looking and I'm like, something's wrong with the sight. This, I don't, this ain't right. They're censoring that information. So what I had to do is find Jewish sites that I think were pretty solid given best known facts that they got. Because I'm telling you right now, you go Google how many Jews have been killed based on uh, uh, anti-Jewish or anti-Semitism and you're getting the weird stuff coming up that doesn't make any sense. They're downplaying it. Somebody's trying to blind your eyes and hide the truth of this mystery from you so that you can't figure out what God's doing and get yourself ready for Jesus to blow that trumpet and see him face to face. The devil doesn't want the church. You hear me? He doesn't want the church to be able to know what's going on to understand this doctrine so that you don't see the signs of the times and understand where you're at and get yourself ready. The bride hath made herself ready. Get yourself ready for the Lord to come. He's trying to let you know because he wants you to put off some of your foolishness and get some stuff straightened up between you and him before he gets here. I, listen, when we were getting ready to get married, it, it didn't, this is how it didn't work out. I didn't one morning show up at her house, kick the front door in, and scream, It's time! <laughs> Run upstairs and grab her out of bed and drag her downstairs by the ankles and throw her out in the front yard. And there's a bunch of people standing there like, Here comes the bridesmaids. Here comes the bride while she's bum, 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 bum down the steps. And, you know, here we go. Right? First of all, my father-in-law would have shot me, God bless his soul. And then if he didn't, Grace would have. You know what I mean? That would have been the end of that deal. Why? Because we knew. We set a date. She had time to prepare. 
time to get ready. Now, 20-something years later, we get to go through this drill again. Guess what I would do? And he'd never do this. Great kid, really young man, excuse me. He, if he showed up and kicked the front door and said, it's time, Anna. And she started crying because I'm not ready. I don't have my makeup on. What about my dress? I would shoot him. <laughs> right? It's not how that works. A bridegroom doesn't show up for his bride like that. He wants you to know. He wants you to be ready. And so one of the ways he told you is he told you to be ready because I'm going to come any time. So live ready. Number one. But number two, the best you can do, because you can't date it, is you can watch what's going on around you, and you could say, boy, it sure looks good according to what I see in the Bible. I think he's letting me know, and the devil don't want you to get that. So he's going to blind your eyes to the mystery of what God's doing with Israel. Go to Zechariah, if you would, please. The book of Zechariah, then Malachi, then Matthew. So go to the end of your Old Testament and find that minor prophet, Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse number 10. Oh, verse 9, sorry. Zechariah 12, 9. You there? Okay, and it came to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. See what they're going to do? Well, that's not happened yet, has it? Not all of them. Any war that's popped up over there where a few of them got together and tried to do something about it, they just got just bulldozed, man. I thank God for our country helping them get that Iron Dome. And then they upgraded it, I think, since the mess started over there. And I thank God for that. I think one of the reasons God's putting up with this God-forsaken country you're living in as much as I love my country, I'm not being anti-unpatriotic you know, and all that stuff, so breathe some of you... Ex-military guys, relax. This place is a God-forsaken mess. We've thrown away the book. You've got all kinds of weird stuff going on on the political level. We're voting in more and more weird political stuff. And the best candidate you have, the best hope you have as a conservative, Bible-believing Christian, they're all so tied up in corruption. All. Trump is not the trumpet, the last Trump, you know. <laughs> Stupid whack-a-moles, man, say all kinds of stuff. They were saying Obama was the Antichrist, man. Entire websites. We had a nut job passing out CDs in the parking lot of our church years ago. It was handing them to people. Obama was the Antichrist. That about broke his fool neck. It's thinking stupid stuff, man. Trump ain't your hope. They're all corrupt. This nation's gone away from God. We're a mess. I think one of the only reasons we're still standing is because we've helped Israel. Yeah. You look at the nations that went against her. Look what happened to them. There is no reason at all Germany didn't make it. There's no reason Hitler didn't conquer the whole known world. That was an absolutely world superpower, powerful, powerful nation. He had it going on, man. He made a few mistakes scripturally. And that's what got him. God. God said no. And I think God's helped us out because we've helped her out. I believe that with all my heart. So just so you know, unless you start getting your hopes set on Trump 2024 and the economy turning around and we Americans getting back into the cash, I doubt it. I hope so. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying I doubt it. 
even if Trump gets in, it's going to just be four years and then it's going to be even worse because you see how much he ignited the liberals when he was in there because he doesn't understand the Bible. He doesn't get it. So here's the thing. The whole world's going to turn against her and as this nation does, you watch what God does. It's okay. You're saved, aren't you? Yes, so you, you will probably suffer with the rest of the nation, but you got a light. We got a little building to hold away together in and enjoy some fellowship and head back out into the world. It'll be okay. Verse 10, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. Now watch it. And they shall look upon me who they have pierced. That's Israel, you guys. They crucified their Messiah. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. God's going to wipe those nations out that are trying to wipe Israel out, and they're going to look and see when Jesus Christ comes back, like we're looking at in Revelation, comes down on that white horse, puts his foot on the Mount of Olives, gets off that horse, puts his foot on the Mount of Olives, and one on the Mediterranean Sea, splits that mountain, he's back on that horse, goes down, that sword comes out of his mouth, starts cutting off their heads. Israel's going to hit their knees and they're going to say, oh, because he's going to have the scars that they gave him. They're going to say he was our Messiah. He came unto his own, John chapter 1, and his own received him not. That's why he looked at the Gentile woman and said, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. Yeah. You know what he called her? Go to Isaiah. I won't put it in modern English language unless I offend the whole church and they feel like their pastor's not a holy man of God. But when he looked at her and said, you Gentile dog, not meat to take the children's bread and give it to dogs? What's, it was Israel's bread. He came unto his own. That's what people don't understand when they're reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke and they're thinking all this stuff is to you and me. It's to the Jew. And it's going to come back into play in the millennium. The Beatitudes. That's the constitution of the kingdom. He's not, he's not reigning right now. Satan is the God of this world who blinds the minds of them that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel, which is the image of Christ, should shine unto them. Right now, Lucifer is running the show of this world. That's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. The king, the Lord Jesus Christ, is not yet reigning in his kingdom, but his kingdom is coming to earth for a thousand years. See, people don't understand this stuff. That's why they get all messed up on their doctrine. That's why they think that the baptism of John the Baptist that was to Jews... Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, you know. Like John the Baptist was baptizing yeah. Jews. Tribulation period, baptism comes back into the picture. Yeah. Jews. That's not to you. You see how important it is to know how to rightly divide the Bible? Sure. If you rightly divide the Bible, it all makes sense. If you don't rightly divide the Bible, Paul's over here saying, I'm glad I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel. I'm like. What do you mean? Baptism saves us. We've got to be baptized. I'm glad I didn't baptize. Like me getting up and saying, I'm glad I didn't love one of you people to Christ. <laughs> How horrible would that be, man? That would be terrible. Christ sent me not to preach the gospel. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. If baptism's the gospel, he wouldn't have said it. But what about Acts 2.38? You either change your Bible or you learn how to rightly divide it. That stuff's coming back in the tribulation period. Making any sense at all? Go back to Isaiah chapter 66. So you've got to understand the Jew 
in God's time frame, from God's viewpoint. Isaiah chapter 66, please. Look at verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye will build unto me? Where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made. That's <laughs> giving God something, you know. He created the whole thing. Right, preachers obsessed with your money, they're nuts. And all those things have been, saith the Lord. You want my attention? That's what God's saying. You want my attention? But to this man will I look. Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. He that killeth an ox as if he slew a man, he's got a soft conscience. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off a dog's head neck. He that offereth an oblation as he that offers swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, their soul delighted in their abominations. Also I'll choose their delusions and bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. Israel would not listen to him. But they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, and said, Let the Lord be glorified. He shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Watch it. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Watch, watch. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Watch it. Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Her travail is not going to last a long time. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? God's done with Israel. No, he's not. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Saith the Lord, Lord thy God. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. You know what he's saying? Isaiah, 66 chapters, just like 66 chapters in the book of your Bible. And you get down to the end of Isaiah and the Lord's saying, I'm bringing that, I'm bringing that nation back. A whole nation's going to be born in one day. Yeah. That whole nation hits their knees when they see their Messiah coming and they look on him whom they pierce and they bow the knee to King Jesus and say, oh no, we crucified him because they need a deliverer because they're almost wiped off the map. And they're going to hit the knee when they look at him and they say, that's him. And that whole nation in one day is going to be born. God said, do you think I'm going to put them through all this and not bring the baby out? He's bringing them out. Now, you got to understand that. Because if you don't understand that, you're missing a mystery God wants you to have. And you're blind to what's going on in the world around you. But once you understand that and you see the U.S. start to kind of behind the scenes turn against Israel. But put on a facade that they're not so that they appease the large percentage of the voters that are pro-Israel. Amen. It should encourage you rather than get you scared. Because <laughs> we're getting closer. You're okay with it getting closer, aren't you? 
I am. I've lived long enough to know that there's nothing in this world I want to hang on to. I'm looking forward to getting over there, and I'm looking forward to y'all being with me over there. It's going to be a great thing to be over there together. No more worrying, no more pain, no more unhappy surprises, no more disappointments, no more heartbreak, no more sin, no more struggle. You don't want to go there and work. You know what you're going to be working? You know in the garden before the curse, he had them working before the fall? You know, work's only a curse because of sin. Work without a fall is going to be a blessing, man. We're going to be busy working, having a blast, having a great time together. You don't want that to happen? <laughs> what, what, what are you hanging on to in this life that's so great? So the Lord's going to bring her forth in a day. That nation will be born in a day. All right, go with me a couple more passages. Let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, and then I'm going to bring you back to a couple of uh, 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 verses in Acts and Galatians and Colossians, and we'll be done. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Watch this cross-reference. Revelation 1, 7, this is the second advent of Jesus Christ. You're coming back with Him because you've already been raptured out. The, uh, the judgment seat of Christ has already taken place, and now he's returning. Revelation 1.7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. That's your cross-reference that connects you to Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10 that we read. Or no, I, that, that was Isaiah, right? 66.10? Yeah, 66.10 or 9. You see where you're at? Isaiah 66 is telling you about the 66th chapter of the book of Isaiah. 66 books in your Bible. You're in the last book, the book of Revelation right now. Do you see the connection, folks? Yeah, all you got to do is ask God for wisdom. All you got to do is ask God to teach you the Bible. All you got to do is be humble and ask God to show you the Bible. And He'll show you this stuff. Ain't that wild? And then you've got to be in a church that teaches you the Bible faithfully. You've got to be careful who you listen to on the internet. They'll mess your mind up. It's clear. They're going to bow the knee and that nation's going to get born again in one day when they look at Jesus and they're like, uh-oh, we pierced him, but now we need him and he's coming back to deliver us. And then he's going to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. They, they bricked up that, you know those Muslims know something. They bricked up that eastern gate. Because the Bible said he's going to enter through that gate. And then they put a graveyard in front of it. Because they're thinking he can't, he's going to run right over those graves, man. That's going to stop God. He's going to run right over those graves, go right through that gate, bust that thing wide open. It's going to be so stinking cool, man. I cannot wait. And cast that Antichrist in the stinking hell. Acts chapter 13. Almost done. Acts chapter 13. I'm um, drawing your attention to verse 46. So you're about halfway through the book of Acts, not quite. And Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13, 46, waxed bold and said, it, is, it was necessary that the word of God should have been spoken to you. Uh, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, right? Just so you know, that Palestinian area over there right now, that, oh, we're being killed because we can't mutilate their little girls and their wives and get away with it, physically mutilate them before we rape them, before they die, while they're mutilated. Sick, perverted, creepy, demon-possessed psychopaths. 
in mass. Making Jeffrey Dahmer's and the rest of these guys look like child's play in mass because of a deep-seated hatred for God that they're taking out on his seat. That's why the devil don't want you to understand this. And they're over there, you know, they're bombing us, they're bombing us. That's uh, Judea and Samaria. Look at uh, 46, 1346. But seeing ye put it far from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. You know why speaking in tongues and all the other signs began to die off? Because the Jews require a sign, but Greeks seek after wisdom. God gave the Jews a sign all the way back at the beginning when he went to deliver them out of the land of Egypt. He gave Abraham a sign, the stars of the heaven and circumcision. And then when he went to deliver them out of Egypt, he gave them signs and wonders. And then when Jesus showed up, he gave them signs. This overemphasis on tongues and signs and all this stuff is crazy. You guys realize as you study through your Bible how many hundreds of years passed without a bunch of miracles. There was miracles with Moses. And then they kind of stopped for a little while other than what God did for them in the wilderness and whatnot. Then you got Elisha and Elijah. And then they kind of subside for a little while. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of preaching, 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 all the way through there. Not signs, 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 signs. That's preaching, preaching, preaching. It's Bible, Bible, Bible. It's prophets, prophets. Crazy stuff he's having his prophets do, making their lives illustrations, making them nuts, making them, people hate them, making them, I mean, like they were just a horde of the people for their preaching. And that's what God's done throughout history with pockets of signs popping up. But there's overemphasis in the church on signs is preparing the church for the coming of the Antichrist because he comes with tongues, signs, and lying wonders. They're trying to mesh it in. He's trying to transition you to get you ready so you'll take it when the time comes and it won't shock you. Not you, them. Oh, that's Jesus. That sign stuff died off when the Jews rejected the Messiah because the Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. The book is being written and spread all over the world, all over the world, by saved people copying it down and passing it out. The Lord gave the word, great was the company that published it, book of Psalms. So when the Jews rejected, the signs died out. That's why as you get down to the end of the book of Acts, you know, Trophimus said, I left at my lead, I'm sick. Why didn't you heal him, Paul? Luke, the beloved physician, why is a doctor traveling with Paul? Why didn't he just heal himself? The stuff died out. That's why 1 Corinthians tells you these things are going to cease, but now abide faith, hope, charity. These three are the greatest of these is charity. Why? Because the Jews rejected their Messiah, so the Lord said, fine, I'll go ahead and I'll start using the Gentiles, and that's been you and me since then. He's been taking a foolish nation to anger and provoke Israel, and nothing makes them more aggravated that we carry their Old Testament Bible around, and we claim their Messiah, and we preach their Jesus. Try to witness to a Jew and watch what happens. I did just a couple months ago. Man, I'm telling you, boy, it's just two of them were Jews. One of them actually, the one guy actually said, you really got me thinking. And the other guy was just... I had him. I had him. I had him so good. I, I just, I, it was like a, this chokehold, like if I just, I'll, I'll let up right here so he doesn't pass out. But all I got to do is that and he's going to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Because he was trying to sell me something. He was the salesman and I was the customer, so come on, man. You can't, you can't take advantage of that situation. You should have seen how mad he got. 
They don't appreciate it. It provokes them to jealousy. Galatians chapter 3, and then one more after that. Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 28. We'll go back to 26. I showed you this one Wednesday night. You're no longer under that schoolmaster of the law. Look at verse 26. For you're all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians uh, 3.26. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now here's what a lot of people read into this based on Acts 2.38. It means you've got to be baptized to get saved. There's no water anywhere in the passage. Did you like literally like get in a Jesus suit, start pulling a bodysuit on like you're some kind of an actor, you know how they can do that and make it look very real, like you got in Christ? It's a spiritual thing. To be baptized is fully immersed, but for some reason people's minds are tuned to look, oh, I see the word baptized, so now I'm going to think water. There's no water anywhere in the passage. Where the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ, for as many as have been baptized into Christ, when you got saved, you got fully put into Him, have put on Christ. Now watch. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. Ye are, if ye be Christ's, then are ye the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. Never does it say you replaced Israel. It means since Jesus Christ is of the lineage of Abraham, he's a Jew... When you put on Christ, you're adopted into that thing, which we'll see on Wednesday night in Romans chapter 11. You got grafted into something that you don't have a right to. In the church, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. That's why I'm against this. Well, that's a family church stuff. I'm against it. Well, it's, that's just a church for males. It's just a male church. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm one-sixth of the Reagan family. So, like, the Reagan family is one-sixth male. Because everybody else, my, my wife and daughters are very much a part of this church. I mean, they have been from the very beginning. Very important part to me. Don't give me that stuff. You just haven't gone anywhere where you'd see that women aren't running anything nowadays in this culture. That's all it is. And when you see some men that actually step up to the plate, take the responsibility of leading and getting in the Word of God and stepping up to the plate to be the man of God that God wants them to be for their family, it's so unpalatable to this messed up, jacked up, twisted up generation. It's like, no, we're not a, a male-oriented church. I'm very grateful for some good godly women in this church that are a blessing, not a stinking pain. Amen. There's none of that stuff. That's, that's why I mentioned Wednesday night. Now, I keep mentioning this kind of thing as it's in the text. It's not a hobby for me. I'm not into the whole racial stuff. I don't even know how to operate with that stuff. The way this world thinks, I don't even know what the hot buttons are and aren't. Because like I told Brother Rudolph, I said, you're not my friend because you're black. I hate that. I can't stand that. Somebody told him one time, I was thinking went to, wanted to go to war. Somebody said, oh, well, you're black. You know, use that to raise money because there's not a lot of Bible-believing black preachers out there. Use that to raise money to support your ministry. I said, what? He told you what? Don't you take that as demeaning? I said, listen to me. I'm not your friend because you're black so I can prove I'm not racist. Oh, look, I got a black friend that preaches for me. 
I'm your friend because of your stand on the Word of God, on Jesus Christ, because you love the Lord, and that's that. It's your character. That's why I'm your friend. If you were a punk, I'd have nothing to do with you. I don't care if you're white, black, pink, orange, blue, purple. It doesn't matter at all to me. God don't look at it that way. In the church, it's not about any of that. It's about the Spirit of God. So there's neither Jew nor Gentile, because somebody asked me not long ago, is a great question based on my teaching, well then, can a Jew get saved? And if a Jew does get saved, what happens? They're part of the church. So they go up with us when we get raptured, they come back with us when we come back, they're in the kingdom, the way you and I will be ruling and reigning in the kingdom, they're not a Jew anymore. And from, from the time Christ died till he comes back, if they get born again like you and I, there are Jews, there are Gentiles in the church of God. They stay the bride. Good preaching. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, everybody's like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why. And it's funny to me, too, when white people freeze up about the race subject. Why, why are you freezing up? Like Brother Peacock said one time, he's like, what are you going to do? Go fight their battle? You don't even understand it. That's a good point, ain't it? Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. I've been praying for years that God would give us a bunch of foreigners in this church. And they're coming across the border. Good. Let's lead them to Christ and get them in here. Yeah. I know you're a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, and you got to say, the borders, the border, all these illegals. Why don't you pass them a gospel track? Yeah. I mean, if you happen to know they're running from the law, you know, I mean, they'll be like, hey, come to our church, you know. But, I mean, lead them to Christ. Colossians chapter 3, we're done, verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. See that? I drive by these churches, though, you know, Korean Alliance Church, Chinese, and I think like, what are you people smoking? There's no such thing. What are you saying? You're not welcome here unless you're a Korean? Where's that in the Bible? Hispanic church. Okay, I'm white and the guy's preaching the Bible and I'd like to go in there and listen to the Bible preach, but I guess I can't. You know what you got right here tonight? This afternoon, whatever it is. You got Bible Believers Church. You believe the Bible? You want more of Jesus? Then according to him, it's about the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that cleanseth us from all sin. And if you want the truth, you're in the right place. And if you don't, you're in the wrong place. Good preaching. Thank you. Appreciate your support. And I'll tell you this much, and we're done. You have not replaced the Jew. You are the bride, and you're getting out of here. And when you get out of here, he's going to go back, and that nation's going to be born in a day that whole thing is going to come back to their Messiah because he's going to deliver them at the last minute and the promises that God made to her are coming true. He made those promises in Abraham and in Isaac and in Jacob long before she had done right or wrong. He said, we read the text forever, didn't he? Well, the Jews blew it because they, no, they didn't. They just lost their opportunity to get the kingdom back then. He's going to make it right. We got a great God got a God of new beginnings. we got a God that when you mess it up, He'll figure it out and make it right later if you just get back to Him. Thank God for it. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed.